Okay, and today we have John Courteau. Recently, we worked on a short film together for the 48-hour film festival here in Nashville. Hey, how's it going? I- I'm good. I'm good. What was the, uh, what was the name of the film we worked on? Um, so the film we worked on was called Lost in a Glimpse. Uh, it was for the Nashville 48-hour film project, which is part of sort of a larger global um, uh, organization where um, essentially you have 48 hours to write, shoot, edit, and deliver a short film. And most, most, most big cities uh, have, have a 48-hour film project, and it's just a really good... Um, it's a really good challenge if you're a filmmaker to to try to bring something from concept to final product in 48 hours, and at the end of it, you have something to show for yourself, which um, all of the side projects I've ever done have taken way longer uh, outside of that con- context to get done. So it's 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 nice knowing that at the end of a weekend, you have something to show for yourself, and I've uh, done seven of these in Los Angeles, and then this was my first one in Nashville, um, and it was it was great trying it in a in a different different city. Yeah, because uh, you had hit me up and asked me if I wanted to do the music for it. It was the, the like the weekend that you moved to Nashville, right? You were here for maybe like a week when you about that. I think even even possibly like just barely barely a week and the Los Angeles 48 was at the top of August, so I flew out to Los Angeles to do the LA one with uh with my LA friends. Flew back to New Hampshire. I had like less than a week before having to pack everything up and moving down here and then within a week from that doing the Nashville 48 and thankfully my buddy from South Carolina from uh uh film school was able to drive up and and help out and um they had a really good list of a really good list of um casting list uh of folks to talk to about acting and we wound up with a great group of actors so it it all kind of just it kind of worked out which was nice yeah it was super fun I, I wasn't this is the first time I ever got to score anything and um it's something I've dreamed of doing for so long so it was nice for it to finally come to fruition but uh yeah I I wasn't there on site we were just kind of loosely texting I was sending you clips and you were giving me notes like here drop the guitar down here or make it make this more like happy or whatever and it was it was fun you know it was uh interesting I never would have thought that I would have been part of like a a 48 hour film kind of a thing but it was uh, it was refreshing because I was working so fucking quick, man. I was it was crazy how quickly you were getting tra- getting tracks in, and like you'd te- you'd text me and like we'd be shooting, and it's like, oh damn, I've got something to listen to already. And it was just it was just awesome that awesome to have original music. Yeah, I, w- I was basically if I knew you were shooting, I was trying to give you stuff basically in real time so you could imagine, you know, what was going on. Um, in the scene, because you, you basically told me there was there was going to be a bar scene, and I was like, great. And there's going to be a menacing figure, great. Okay, I that's that's plenty for me to work with. But it was it was cool uh, because I was instead of like the way that I see I see music so cinematically, all the music I make. So I'm always imagining these different worlds or these different uh, scenes. Uh, where something is going on whenever I'm, I'm writing music, like 
my favorite director of all time. It's definitely like Quentin Tarantino or, or even Martin Scorsese or anybody like that. And music is so integral in their movies. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Tarantino, uh, definitely Tarantino specifically, uh, his soundtracks just are so geared into what his films are about. And you, you strip out the soundtracks and you, you still have a good movie, but it's not, it's not quite a Tarantino movie without that musical element. So it's, it's really important. What are your favorite uses of uh, music in Tarantino movies? Ooh, I, I think my favorite one right now is, um, I believe it's a Rolling Stone song in once upon a time in Hollywood. It's, um, was it called baby we're out of time it's sort of like toward the toward the end it was after it's like right before um i'm trying to try and remember what it's after leonardo dicaprio goes to to italy and he's coming back and um, oh yeah time yeah is on our side is it that one it wasn't it wasn't that one um I might be I might be missing the I could be forgetting the title song but there is a whatever song they were using and it's basically it was really tied in thematically to um Leo and um Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt their sort of working career is coming to an end and they're moving moving on to these other elements yep. of their life and then meanwhile you've got the lead up with Margot Robbie going into the end and just sort of everything was coalescing to to leading up to that sort of just fantastic finale that was just it's the end of that movie is just beautifully i of course violent you've got violence in a lot of his films but that it was honest to god i think his happiest movie like you could tell yeah, it's the most 100%. joyful of his films and you get to the end and it's not it's you've got this one punch at the end and it's just a perfect bullet for the end of that film. Well, the movie, when I was, the first time I watched it, I was in the theater. I, I saw it at Opry Mills where we watched that first screening. Nice. Um, and my experience watching it, I'm like, this is the most non-Tarantino Tarantino film that there is. Yeah. And like the other thing I love about it is it, it when I'm, watched it again last year is that I think it really encapsulates Los Angeles as a play. All of the things that are, that are, it has all of the good things and all of the bad things about it. How like, so? Well, just, I mean, obviously being Hollywood, they make, you know, it's got that movie magic. And when he's on set and then you sort of go through the, this, day on set with Leonardo DiCaprio of the and Western they, and all yeah, that. Yeah. And then yeah. they've got this beautiful scene at the end where the, everyone closes up shop. Timothy Oliphant leaves. They all sort of go their own ways and there's a magic to it. But then there's also sort of this pretentiousness to it. Like, and I, the scene that comes specifically to my mind is when basically Margot Robbie talks her way into her own movie with, to, oh, with, yeah. with for, for free. And where she's like, like, I'm in this movie. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, she could pay for it. Yeah. But but it's like but I'm I'm an actor I should get this I should get this for nothing and it's sort of that vacuous nature of the the people that a lot of the people that live there it really it's it's they could be a pain in the ass what can I say How long did you live there for uh, I lived there for 10 years How old were you when you moved there 
I moved there middle of 2010, so I would have been 20, 21, 20, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, something yeah, like since 2010. So that's when the Kardashians yeah. were really in full swing. Yeah. That's when that yeah. was like the pervasive American culture. And in a lot of ways, it still is. Yeah. The Kar- Kardashians, it, I think, are America's royal family. A little, a, a little bit. It's it's irritating beyond beyond belief to me. But I mean, eh, like there was an ad on the way I was driving here, and they had had an ad for their Hulu show, and it's just like, oh my god, why is this still a thing? I think it, uh, there's a, a part of the American psyche where, that represents, like the Kardashians represent the uh, the unlived life uh, yeah. for the for the average American. And it's not everybody wants that life, but the beauty, um, the the kind of the the decadency, you know. I mean, Kim Kardashian is a beautiful man. She's oh, a beautiful yeah. woman. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, th- like surprisingly, they're actually very intelligent. People always, not so much anymore, but people really used to make fun of them for being dumb. I oh, don't yeah. think they're dumb at all. Yeah, I I wouldn't. I definitely would not describe that because they, they've built an empire, but you can't build an empire and be stupid. And they've really built them. They've, they've built themselves into a brand and that takes, that does take intelligence and hard work for sure. And the other argument that, that people usually make against them is that they're rich because their dad defended uh, OJ Simpson. Yeah. Which is 100% true, but yeah, I'm like, that wasn't their sin, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it, like in, plus OJ was innocent, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I, I've actually I've never visited California. It's one of the U.S. states it's I a, haven't been to. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful state. It, it is a physically beautiful state that is very very poorly poorly run. Like I, um. Yeah, so I mean, I, I make no bones about the fact that I'm I'm conservative, and basically, I mean, I I left the state because of politics and because it was expensive and um, the crime was super high. Yeah, well, I mean, so here's here's the story. I you we went through 2020, the lockdowns, um, just the draconian lockdowns, and the election, and everyone was really really super hostile um, about that election and then it came and went and then on January 6th um so I'm just in my office doing I'm doing in the office doing my job and you know, catching the news and it's like oh this is well this is awful yeah I uh, was looking at the news dude. um and then I'm looking at my Facebook and here's all the industry people that and just like haranguing people or it's like this is all your fault but this is on you if you didn't vote Democrat and just I took my lunchtime walk and I'm kvetching about it with my mother and across the street is a, a homeless the same homeless guy he'd been there in that same big pile of garbage for three straight years like th- I, honest to God three years and so I'm, I'm complaining I'm complaining about all how all of the people here clearly hate me and then I'm looking at the you know the you know um, human tragedy on the streets that you've got there. And it was just like, I've got to get, I, I got to get out of here. I can't. Yeah. So I decided that day I, I can't do, I can't do this anymore. 
so I went back home to New Hampshire for for a bit um, for the last year before moving down here to Nashville. And because just seemed things seemed to be hopping hopping here in Nashville, and um, you know, I know it's I know like Daily Wire moved down here and they're making yeah. movies, so uh, it seemed like a good idea to you know give it give a new city a go because New Hampshire is a be- New Hampshire is a beautiful state. It's just there's not a lot for it's it's not really a media state. Um, yeah, I I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Like growing up in Maine. Uh, by the time I was like 21, 22, I already kind of taken everything to the fullest extent that I could have there yeah. that I wanted to, Yeah. where it was like I could play in a wedding band in the summertime and make a fuckload of cash, and then in the winter just teach private lessons. And there's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, don't get me wrong, but I knew uh, before I moved to Nashville that this is where I wanted to be. Nice. And, of course, like, it was already happening before I got here. Like things were growing and popping off, but like it, it was crazy because during was it before COVID that Daily Wire announced they were moving here, or was it during COVID? Um, it might have been right before. It was it like it it I, I wanted if my memory serves me correctly, it was either like right before or right around the the same time because their first they dropped their first movie January. Of 2020, yep. and, th- and that I had Dallas on the other yeah, podcast. And that's how, yeah, and that's actually I think uh, when I first came aware of of of, of you, your yeah. podcast was through that interview, um, and that was a good like. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Run hide fight was a good. It was a great movie. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, I I, yeah. I didn't know what to expect uh, from any of the, the Daily Wire movies. Yeah. Just because I was like, I expected them to be like religious themed films, yeah, like sort of like you know, miracles from heaven, yeah. type of, yeah. I'm, I, I, I think starting off with an R rated action movie is was the probably the right decision, just yeah. to immediately dispel that notion of what a quote unquote conservative movie is. One hundred percent. And essentially, they and like one of my favorite genres is uh, the the Die Hard on a something genre and yeah. that that movie is a great die it's like die hard in, in the context in school. of a school shooting and it's it's a it's brilliant use of that, that well the, the the other thing about the movie it it was a good movie yeah. but it wasn't really pushing an agenda no. either yeah it was like yeah the, the girl she knew how to use guns yeah but that was the most conservative thing about the movie yeah it know? was it's it's main point is just to entertain and that's all all and again this is the frustrating thing about hollywood is that um they're so stuck up on the point that they point that the analogy i always tend to use is they've got a big baseball bat with the word message on it and they just crack you over the skull negan style with what they're trying to say and that is especially started to happen like you can mark time if you follow television television shows you can mark you can tell exactly when 2016 happened because immediately thing the politics and shows went right through the roof um and it's just like oh my god like what like it's like come on like one of the one of my favorite shows was Brooklyn 99 which i um like i started watching after 2016 and it's a really funny show but then it's like okay up oh, now here's the here's the the line where we're waxing philosophic about how great the the journalists are and it's like this is after post post trump well, era it, yeah it, it, it 
people want to think that it's some grand conspiracy too, where I, I really don't think like Hollywood is necessarily uh, a conspiracy, but you live there, you experienced it. What, what are your thoughts on why it happened? Are they just so isolated from the rest of the they're, world? They are just, I think they're just in the, so in their own bubble. It's just so removed from what average people outside. It's just, it's, it's honestly, it's honestly a little bit, I don't know if you ever read the hunger games. It's a little bit like the capital in the hunger games. There's what's going on in the little world of Hollywood. And then there's the rest of the country and they just can't get past their own bubble. And I've, I've frequently tried to explain to, um, liberal friends of mine, why these sort of, you know, sucker punch style messages in films are so annoying and they just, they can't see it because they agree with the message. They can't, they can't see why other people would, would have a problem with it. And I, I haven't figured out yet the most effective way to express that to some, to, to other people. Uh, well, I don't know if you, if you really can and, and I have I have a ton of friends who who are left leaning and who are liberal and and they're not uh, mean spirited or anything like that. But there's a lot of people out there who are. You know, for a lot of the time, I was in the uh, proverbial closet about having some conver- conservative views, and I, I wouldn't even say outright that I am a conservative. Like when it comes to all the social issues when it comes to like abortion or weed or gay marriage, I don't give a fuck about any of that. It's like live and let live. Yeah. There's, I mean, that's sort of similar on sort of economic foreign policy stuff. I'm very solidly conservative. A lot of the social stuff I'm more libertarian on and some, you know, I end end up in some, what would I suppose be described as squishy? Um, you know, just, just for example, um, you know, just like the, like the abortion issue. I'm a, I'm, squishy on it i don't want to see a total ban but like it's like come on the 100 percent like any time for any reason is it's like come on man yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean well it's a it's a gray area you know what i mean it's a gray area like uh i i think if someone obviously gets raped or if they're super in super poverty and they they can't afford the child or uh, for incest or they just um they they hook up with a guy and it ends up being a mistake and they they find out he's a scumbag you know they're in an abusive relationship yeah it's and i mean and it's at least like on my end it's like the 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 late term the late term stuff absolutely is, is like that there's no there's no need for that um is that that's what i really i really have take issue with and that like the other I, the other on this specific topic that i um get annoyed with is the amount of the way that stuff that uh, framing things that aren't abortions as abortions like if a miscarriage or an ectopic pre- pregnancy those those aren't those are medical emergencies for sure yeah and like there's not there's there's i i know zero pro life people who are who 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 think that those qualify under the rubric of abortion, but they're frequently lumped in and which is really disingenuous, which is what, what frustrates me about sort of the left wing in the country is, 
And part of the problem is they own all of the media. You go back, going back to Hollywood, there is no, there is all of the mainstream media is, is to the left. Well, why do you think that is? Why do you think there, there is, uh, like a lot of creative types for the most part are liberal or they lean left? I, well, I mean, particularly in terms of, I, I can speak at least to move to movies. I think it requires, if you're making a film, it does, I think, require you to be very feelings based. Like I know when I edit, um, if I'm feeling something, uh, I know I'm on the, on the right track. I need, in, in a lot of ways, you need the feelings over the logic, um, because that's what you need. That's what you're trying to do, and I do think I do think people on the left are much more feelings based, and I think with that comes, um, you know, with that comes a, a level of creativity. Because um, what what is it to be creative but to elicit a feeling from 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 another human being? Yeah, and from art. Yeah, yeah, like that's. Um, um, like just the just a good great example is I just uh, this was a couple of weeks ago I marathoned the Back to the Future trilogy, and there's so many feels in that movie, and oh, that's yeah. that's that's what the goal is. Whether it's like when, I mean my ah there's so many, it's, it's hard to choose, but you know you got You got to love the uh, like when George decks Biff. And oh just yeah, like that, in the first back to the in future. the first one, and it's just like he finally you get your lives damn up. hands off her. Yeah, and just like, are you okay? Like it's just such a great moment. Yeah, and um, just the thrills from that. I don't care how many times I watch the lightning, the lightning strike at the end. It's thrilling every damn time, and that takes that takes a creative mind, and 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 liberals are very creative, and. <coughs> They're they're good at making art. It's the, the problem comes is when you stop caring about you when you start caring about your your political views more than the art. Because I mean, f- movies have always had a had sort of a have always been left leaning. It's just particularly and part of the problem is social media. I would say where everyone is so focused on on their political views as opposed to what the actual goal of making a movie is, which yeah. is to tell a story. Well, it's Twitter started spilling over into art and creativity like in 2016, kind of like you were talking yeah. about with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was like once Trump uh, became president, everybody lost their fucking minds. Yeah, tr- Trump derangement sy- uh, syndrome is absolutely a real thing. He just broke so many brains. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it- it's like, in Nashville, there's, um, of course, you know, it is Tennessee, and we are in the, it's like country music central, basically. Yeah. But there, there's a big rock scene in Nashville, too, and I, I've always kind of let my views be known that I'm not down with the liberals. I've, I've always not been down with, the, like, the Republicans or the conservatives either. I felt like that always just kind of went without saying because they never represented what what I kind of thought and felt. And it wasn't until Trump, um, even when he ran in 2016, I mean, I didn't give a fuck. I just thought Hillary was going to win. Oh, yeah. Nobody nobody thought I nobody thought that was going to happen. Yeah. And I was just um, 
I, I, I thought he was funny, but that was yeah. about the extent of it. And then when he actually won and his policies were good, I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, well, that's, I mean, that's, uh, I, cause I, I didn't, I did not vote for, I did not vote for Trump the first time around. Cause I, I mean, just, I, I have, I would say more of a mild mannered personality. So what my, so like a John McCain or a Mitt Romney, their personalities fit what I felt a politician should be. And for, it, to be honest, like Trump is, he is a dick. Like, yeah, he's I know, a dick. I know, Absolutely. I know a lot of people, let's, let's, we just gotta be real. He's a dick. Yeah. And it bothered me, but the, the economy was good. The economy was good. Yeah. He didn't get us into any more wars. No. Um, so it's the results of the, the policies that won me over for, for 2020. But once, when he, when he won, it was just like, okay, I guess we're doing the, doing this. And I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I didn't end up in full TDS where I was able to, I guess, maybe take a little bit of a step back. And it's like, this is, this is the, this is what we're doing. Let's, let's see how this plays out. And I guess, honest to God, I, the hope that I had had was that, okay, maybe the fact that he won, that Democrats, would take a more introspective look into how like how did how did how did this seem palatable to enough people that he'd get elected and, that and was, they did the opposite and yeah they did like maybe for a, a, a split fraction of a second when they greenlit um oh the ron howard jd vance movie there was a fraction of a second where we thought maybe we should think about it but then that we'll just throw that right out the window yeah no well it, know, it, it, then it was just well, the thing that that I think is is funny, we went from having the most uh, compromised election in 2016 to having the most secure election in, uh, in 2020. Well, that's like that's the other thing that just annoys the the like they they talk about election denial as if Democrats have never like it just committed like, election you, fraud. Have you, have you looked? Have you have you looked in the mirror lately? Like we spent four years of you didn't, like claiming that. Trump was a fraudulent president. Well, one of the uh, the conspiracy theories for JFK was that the mob helped them get elected. Mm-hmm. He went after them and tried to prosecute them through uh, RFK because yeah. he was the attorney general, and um, they whacked him because of it. Mm-hmm. Or that that was they were happy to at least help the yeah. CIA whack him. I, uh, of course, like my my brain immediately goes to a movie. I finally it took me years, but I finally last year saw Oliver Stone's JFK, and man, what that that is a good movie. Um, it's like I was it was it's three solid hours long, and I was expecting to chunk it out over two days, and it just had me had me hooked for for the entire three hours of the runtime. Oliver Stone is one of the liberals I can rock and roll with. Yeah, because he shit he shits on everybody well, equally, and, and like he he's sort of that old school stuff. And like this, and this is where I like I I very much as 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 much as I'm conservative, I do want to coexist with with Democrats. It's just they don't want to coexist. They're making with- they're making it they make it so hard. Like I mean, there's only so so many times you can get get accused of being being an ism. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. That. That's just, just. I think that's the, like the the thing where I lost a lot of my optimism is people I know. It's like, is this what you really? Is this what you really think about me? Like, do you really? Do you do you really think I hate minorities? Like, that's like you should know me better than that. And that's that. It was very disheartening. Um, 
to have because I did like in 2020, I did I did lose friends because I voted I voted for Trump, and that's politics. Most of my friends, most of my friends are liberal, and I really I really like and appreciate my my liberal friends. Um, it was just very disappointing that there's not politics is not a prerequisite for me for friendship. I but it, like I definitely had there's there was a handful of people in my life who made it very clear that politics was a prerequisite um, for them. And um, again, one of the reasons I, I left L.A. because it's like, do you want to be surrounded uh, by people who hate you? So, what was it like the morning of November 5th, 2016 in Los Angeles? Oh, God, like it just just. Like just people lost that lost their they just again lost their ever loving minds. It was it just it's just like one of those and it just like again I was in the mindset of like it's gonna be fine like things are gonna be fine the world is not gonna end but there was definitely this attitude of the world is gonna end like Orange Hitler is here and it's just like he's not he's he's just a dick he's not he, the, like the man is not Hitler. What do you think is gonna happen in 2024? Will Trump run? Um, I would rather he not. Um, I mean, it, that, that's sort of up. I, I think that's, that's up in the air. It's, it's two year two years away and he's going to be old. like, we have a 78 year old president right now and it's not going so well. And he's going to be like, Trump is going to be 78 in 2024. I and will say the, Trump 78, I think will look different than Biden. 78. It will. It will. I just think we've got so many problems that sort of the, all of the, like the, I don't think we have. It would be nice to have somebody who's a little bit more grounded and re, and less divisive. Yes, yeah. Like we like we desperate desperately need. Like I would love, like I would love say Nikki Haley because I think she's really really tough. She's really smart, but she's also got a demeanor that would be a little bit more a little bit more uniting. And we we really really need that now because I. I don't think the country can psychologically handle more Trump. I, I just don't think. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, I think it would be the although I do think it would be the greatest comeback story of all time. It would. It definitely would. I just don't know. It's. I that's think just that, again, just my just my opinion. I don't I, think it'd be good grand scheme of things. No, I I I 100% agree. Like I know in 2024, I'm not going to be voting. Um, I'll never vote major party candidate again, and um. It wasn't that I regretted voted voting for Donald Trump in 2020, but it just left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, after January 6th happened, yeah, even though it wasn't like his fault directly, he did not help. He did not help exactly, and that really rubbed me the wrong way. And the other thing that rubbed me the wrong way, he had a chance to pardon Julian Assange mm -hmm. and to pardon Edward Snowden. And he yeah. did neither one of those things Yeah, because can you imagine now we, us living in a world where Biden is president and Julian Assange is free and Edward Snowden yeah. is free. Yeah. I, I'm sure they both would have probably started media companies. So they would have had sub stacks frequently yeah. been making the rounds on all sorts of podcasts. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's, those are the things that bothered me about Trump, where yeah. he's always thinking about uh, how is this going to affect me or yeah. how is this going to make well, me it's, look. It's, 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 and I, I do believe, I believe he loves the country, 
but I do not believe he loves the country more than he loves Donald Trump. I 100% agree with that. Like, well, that- America is merely a reflection of Donald Trump and Donald Trump's opinion. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing with Trump. Yeah. Like, everything that was bad about him was also everything that was good about him. Yeah. It's like his, the, his, the, yeah, he just, I, uh, he's just so for like, I, I, he did some speech at, I, I think, a, ra- a rally in Ohio, and it's just like, oh, yeah, J.D. Vance, he was kissing my ass. And it's like, what, how is this helpful? What? It's it's not like because all he does is he he riles up his base, yeah, you know, and that's that's like his thing, and it's just like uh, the whole thing fucking happened to you. This is this is off topic, but uh, it swings back around. Yeah, the thing with DeSantis sing, uh, sending the migrants up to uh, Martha's Vineyard, yeah, which was which it's, was funny on the surface. I do admit. Yeah. But it also, I was also like, well, I'm never going to vote for Ron DeSantis now because Mm -hmm. he's basically using human lives as like a a political fucking uh, scapegoat. You know what I mean? As as a way to make a statement. And I'm just, uh, and all that does is it it gets his base super into it. It's like all the people, all of the dumb fucking rednecks that supported Trump, because there are dumb fucking rednecks that support Trump. Yeah. 100%. There's every, I mean, every, um, you know, every candidate left and right is going to have some some wingnuts, you know, wingnut supporters. Does Biden run in 2024? Oh, no way. No, I don't. Who do, they, who do the Democrats run, though? Oh, God, I know Gavin Newsom clearly wants it. And I Fuck just Gavin like Newsom. I just like gruesome Newsom is just I, I cannot stand that guy. Like, well, just like his governance is so objectively horrid that I, I, he, like, if Biden doesn't run Newsom, I would say definitely will, but I don't know that Gavin Newsom is going to have appeal across the country because he's just such a dick. Yeah. Well, he's that, he, to me, um, he strikes me as like just a greased up kind of salesman. You know what I mean? Yeah. And which that you can make an argument. That's what Donald Trump was. Um, but Gavin Newsom, uh, did you ever listen to the interview that Adam Carolla did with him where um, he grills him for like 45 I, minutes? I, I've heard clips here and there yeah. of it. Like the one that I, I listen to Adam and Dr. Drew all the time and they frequently pull up the one where he's talking about the, like, like you are traffic. And he's like, Oh, that, that it's just like, what are you talking about, yeah. dude? I like Adam Carolla's rants about Gavin Newsom are just the greatest, the greatest ever when he gets on an angry tangent. It's, yeah. It's, he's, he's, he's another person who's in uh fucking California, but he's uh, Adam Carolla was, his views have not changed in the 40, 30 years that he's been a public figure. Yeah, He's always kind of said the same thing. And back in the day, everybody considered him a liberal. Now he's a conservative. Yeah. I, well, it's like I think, think Bill Maher is is a little little, little similar. Um, I mean, I'm I'm appreciating that Bill Maher is calling out some of the crazier stuff and sort of trying to. Well, I don't know that he's succeeding, attempting to bring back the old school, the old school liberal stuff. It's like it's really like honest to God, it's the wo- the the woke identity based politics that are just really corrosive because. 
you know, I just like, I hate looking people, looking at people as just what they're immutable. Like I want to just see, I want to see a human being. Well, it's, it's not, 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 you know, it's like, again, like sort of like the colorblind society. Like I want to like, again, just like everyone is a, like, no matter, you know, race, gender, whatever, like we're the all content of the character. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, exactly. The Martin Luther King, we are all he, part of the human race. Um, and I think that's the, the, the more, um, it's, it's the better way, the better way to look at at each other is as fellow human beings rather than identity groups. Yeah. It's like, for me, I'm, I'm happy to do whatever for someone if it, if it makes them feel good, if if they like, I I don't want to make anybody feel bad. That's my, that's my whole thing. Like if they want to identify whatever their pronouns, whatever, I'm happy to abide by that. Yeah. Happy to do it. Um, I don't have an issue with it. Uh, I guess what I really take issue with is this form of, uh, social terrorism that that a lot of people on the, the left, they, they try and get you to submit to their views where it's like, Hey, I'm like, I just always want to say like, I'm, I'm cool with whatever you think and whatever you believe. Like yeah. I, it's no skin off my back. Um, again, it's kind of the libertarian mindset of, yeah, of live and let live. Yeah. And there, there's, I'd have to look up where the source of this one is like, if it, if it doesn't pick my pocket or break my arm, then, you know, basically if you're not, if you're not harming another person and you're an adult, like you do you man, like it doesn't really have anything to do with me. Um, yeah, well, th- that's a very American ideal. That sounds like something Thomas Jefferson would have said. Yeah, I don't, I think I don't, I, it might. It might be. I would have to confirm. I would have to fact check myself on that. I, yeah. believe, I believe I'm. It's uh, some form of Jefferson. You know, I'm paraphrasing it, but um, I'd have to dub fact again. Fact check myself on that. And I, I, I will say, I think a lot of the. The, the liberal arguments or the, the woke arguments, I get where they're coming from. And some of them are fair, yeah. you know, I, and it's like I get the, the root cause of the issue and I, I agree with them. I just don't know if uh, like my philosophy is that you catch more flies with honey than yep. you do vinegar. But and in the kind of the defense of that, though, of what they say, you know, it's like, well, we've, we've already tried doing that and it hasn't worked. And my reply to that is, well, that's the way of the world. The world don't give a fuck. The world doesn't give a fuck about you. It doesn't care. I think a lot of what we're experiencing right now is, uh, we're, we're peaking as a society. I think we've already, as an empire, we've already, Peaked in America, it has so many great ideals, and there's so many people out there now who want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We yep. were just talking about Thomas Jefferson. Yep. Okay, he said a lot of smart stuff. Yeah, he also owned slaves. You yep. know what I mean? He owned slaves. He fathered children with slaves, yep. and that's all fucked shit. But but the principles with that the principles that he wrote down in the declaration of independence are in fact they are in fact timeless and they laid the groundwork for eventually eventually freeing the slaves 
exactly. and building the society that we we have right now. And uh, I don't know if you watched Bill Burr's uh, latest Netflix special. And no, were, I'm I'm sure it was great. It, I just oh, saw so the good. clip on abortion. I thought that yeah, was really oh, funny. It's, like it's so good. He's he's one of my favorite uh, favorite stand up comedians. But he has, has a, there's a whole thing. It's like it's like well you it's like. Um, he was specifically talking about John Wayne and like people complaining about John Wayne and his problematic views. And it's like, he was a man of his time. That's not an excuse. Oh, it absolutely fucking is. Yeah. It's like, it's true. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like you wouldn't. And like Bill, Bill Maher, I think it was last, last week had something similar where it's just like, if George Washington was alive today, he probably would have a gay friend. Like it's the, yeah. Like, Trying to using modern brains on in on past humans, it's just unbelievably stupid. No, well, it, we can't use our our sense of morals and our sense yeah. of judgment today. You know, and it's like on the other end of that, though, I get what they're also saying when they're. Well, it's the, the baby out with the bathwater yeah. thing. Well, it's ba basically like again, you need to need to learn American history, warts and all. Like, yeah, like it's. There was a lot of good. There was also a lot of bad, and you need a lot to, of horrific. Yeah, and you need to learn. You need to learn both of them because it's a complete story. Yeah, no, for sure. And it, it's just like, okay, so probably maybe a month or two ago, I had this this guy on um, who started this nonprofit called Tribal Drivers. Yeah, and basically. It was so fucking sad, the picture he was painting. Yeah. Uh, because there's this really poor reservation. It's the yeah. poorest county in the entire U.S. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe it's called Pine Ridge. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, this guy, he started a nonprofit to, to help Native Americans become truck drivers. Yeah. Because it's an industry where you get your CDL in three months. The average income when you're a truck driver, first year... Mm -hmm. 65 grand uh mm -hmm. the average income of someone who lives in pine ridge mm -hmm. is 6500 a year wow. they don't even have that running water they don't have heat they don't have electricity yeah. any of that shit and you look at shit like that and you understand the darkest one of the darkest aspects of america oh yeah yeah, it's fucked. Yeah, and I'm sad that that is the case and that it happened. Yeah, um, but it's like, what can we ha we have to acknowledge things like that? Yeah, have happened. We we can't just because yeah. I feel oh. like the conservative view is that a lot of the time they're just like, oh well, you know, X Y Z, uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, which to a certain degree is true. Everybody. Starts off at a certain point in life, though. Some people start off down in the fucking gutter. And it's like, we need to give the people who start down in the gutter a fucking boost up and help yeah. them get out of there. And I I mean, my, in my, again, I might be talking out of my butt at this point, but my, in my own head, my sort of my ideal governance is you've got, you know, conservative leadership with a, a strong liberal democratic party pull it pulling pulling back a little bit pulling it's just like just like just like okay that's fine but pull it pull it back well everything is so imbalanced now yeah and it's like yeah social media all this shit you could say it's a problem yeah but 
really what I think it is is this is it's just human nature on steroids. Yeah, it's amplified the worst parts of us. Yeah, and it's I mean it's I don't know. I mean this is I've thought a lot about. I don't know that human beings as you know you know as 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 creatures. I don't know that we're evolved, and I think like the the internet and it's like sort of almost evolved it's past new. us. Like we can't, like our brains can't handle handle it. Um, almost. Well, we we're from a similar generation. You're a few years older than me, mm-hmm. but when I was a kid, I, I we probably got our first family computer when I was eight or nine, and. The internet just wasn't what it is yeah. today. Was, you it, know? was it still the dial-up? Just it was like, still dial-up. Get off the phone. Yep. And you you could go online and go to like I could go to like Nickelodeon.com or yep. some shit. But that was about the extent of it. Yep. There was nothing that it is today. You yep. know, like I think really I can look back like MySpace was a big moment. Were you in in High school or yeah, that's, college it, when that happened. Um, MySpace would have been high school, like like tail end of tail end of high school, because like I remember like I had a MySpace for a brief bit, but then Facebook came along very shortly after. That, and that was, was my junior years when yeah, Facebook came along. I my um, um, that would have been my freshman year of uh, of college uh, is when Facebook Facebook happened, and that's when it was just. Just colleges. Did you go to college for uh, for film? I did. Yes, up in Ithaca, New York. Oh um, shit! Okay. Yeah, and this is and this is like, and I'll I'll get into get into that and, and just to sort of like maybe like wrap up a little bit the politics. But um, I mean, I'm a blue. I'm from Massachusetts, so I Massachusetts to New York to California. So I'm a blue blue state conservative. So I really i I do spend an an inordinate amount of time trying to think of ways. To sort of bridge bridge gaps because I have a lot of I I have many liberal friends that I care about and I want to find some I would love for there to be some sort of middle ground to you know keep us all friends and you know again co it's like the coexist bumper sticker it's like I I would love that um, but um, anywho Ithaca um, great place great place really good film program and it was sort of. Ithaca, New York is sort of a little sort of like bubble in the middle and middle of nowhere. There's miles and miles of nothing. And um, then this little college town in Cornell is on one hill and Ithaca College is on the other. And the great thing was and I, I, I appreciate I wish I had appreciated it when I was there is that basically any of any spot down there was very open to letting you film and that's in a big city like Los Angeles. You do, you have to get all the permits, and like it's it's expensive to do. Whereas in a small smaller town, um, just like yeah, like if you get we're filming at a restaurant, yeah, just order some food from a like cater with us, and yeah, you can film in our restaurant. And it just like the opportunity. I, I it's too bad while I was digital technology hadn't really fully developed yet while so it was, was film back then well it was film and then you had like hdv so if you wanted to do something outside of um if you wanted to do something outside of class it would have been hdv which the quality not questionable whereas digital cameras now like they're pretty they're pretty affordable and you can just go out and, and do stuff so my i mean advice to anybody who's interested in film is to like go like go do it and you'll 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 get better every time. But yeah, at the time we were, we, 
Uh, I shot a couple of things on celluloid film, which was um, which is very educational. Which I, I I hope they still I hope they still make people. I hope they still make the students do the celluloid film because you really have to think about what you're doing when you shoot on film. And it's so the same way with music and recording to tape. Yeah, because now I mean everything's digital now, which which is great. There's there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a human quality I think yeah. that gets added to anything that's that's analog like that. Yeah. And I got my first my first uh film class, the very first thing I, I broke I broke the Bolex. Which so like we were partnered well everyone was partnered up and you you were sharing the same camera and the first shot on my first film I knock it off the tripod and then and the film just keeps it just that's so the button to to stop the film from rolling stopped working so oh, it's like shit. oh my god we're rolling through film what do we do so we sort of MacGyvered a way to 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 stop the film and so we had to finish finish my film and then do Chris's film on just by by this sort of MacGyvered way of using the camera, and it's just like, oh my god, I'm I'm gonna get kicked out the first film, and like ultimately, like just like shit happens, like it all turned out fine, but it was just it was just super embarrassing because it's like I can't believe this is how I'm my my career is getting started, it's over. Yeah, but um, but then you, you also like you also like you see what other stuff other. It's 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 an eye opener because you see the, all levels of talent and there's a couple people who were making their very first films were just so, were mind blowing mind blowingly good and it's just like oh my god I don't like should like I do am I even qualified to do this um, but um, it was it was it was good and I made uh, a, a lot of my my best friends at, at Ithaca so that was a that was a good time and I followed a lot of them out to L A. Uh, after the fact so what was your first job in LA first job in LA was I was a night assistant editor for the um for the non-scripted company that did Duck Dynasty oh Um, shit um which was which was which was fun um I I was specifically on American Guns um uh, while that was on, and that that company, I, I believe, is not is not around anymore because I think I believe the two the the husband and wife who owned it got arrested for some sort of financial crimes oh, or something. Oh shit! Um, on that, but yeah, so like I don't think Gurney Productions is around anymore, not to my knowledge. Uh, and then I ended up moving to I I uh, I post PA'd on a Blumhouse film, which was fun. Oh uh, shit! Yeah. Which one? Uh, the Veil. It was I. Right to D. De- I want to say it was either right to streaming or right, but uh, I was with Jessica Alba and Thomas Jane, and it was sort of about this um, haunting of this old like Jonestown style cult. Um, I vaguely kind of remember this. Yeah, it was it was it was fun to it was it was it was it was fun to fun to to work on. Um, but um, uh, from there, I did went moved on to a company that did. Um, clip shows and i uh edited clip shows for three years on at that company which oddly enough also went under because the the people running it were committing financial is that a a theme in los angeles i think i think so i think so but that was wild because they just they stopped paying everybody which basically basically like the paycheck stopped coming in and but they were like the money's coming just keep working the money's coming and like the you know, 
the bright-eyed optimist in me was just like they said that they said the money's coming and then it never it never came it never it never came um and the labor department eventually did get involved and i guess apparently the quote was this this company owed more money to more people than they'd ever seen in their life um so um which and like it's their their clip shows were were quite were quite good so it's just like i don't know what what like <laughs> Like, what, what is a clip show? Basically, it's a lot of pre-existing content. Like, if you're getting third-party material from, like, Pond5 or whatnot. Or just, for example, one of the shows we did, What Went Down, um, which was really fun to, to, to cut, was um, sort of, like, wins and fails. Like, people trying to... Kind of like Tosh.0? A little bit. A little bit. A yeah. little bit like that. Um, and sort of, it's sort of edited, to get, edited together in a fun way. Then we had some true crime. They did a lot of true crime shows. The... One I did cut most of was um, Murderous Affairs, um, which was which was fun. But this is like it's like ultimately you do and you cut enough of them, then the story's always the same. It's like okay and okay, and then she had him sign a uh, sign a life insurance policy. Yeah. Or if it's the like like sort of the themes are all the same, whether it be men or men or women. There was always like okay, here's the he found another woman beat, um, but. It was sort of a little schlocky, but fun. And then they had a bunch of um, um, sort of shows for kids, like Zoo Clues and Animal Atlas. And so, like, the content was all good. It's just the people running the show were terrible. Um, and yeah. then um, uh, my current job uh, I found through, and this is, like, which is like, oh, my God, networking works. Um, my um, The gym I went to, uh, the woman who owned the gym, um, knew I was looking, passed my resume on to... Um, um, to Mark, who owns the company, and so he gave me gave me a try, and I've been working, working, doing a, assistant editing for uh, for his company for the last uh, five years, and they're they're they they do they do good 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 shows like one of them, um, Car Masters on Netflix, is a lot of, is a lot of fun. I really enjoy that one. Um, Pirate Gold of Adak is ours. There's a bunch of stuff on Discovery that they've done. So, um. That's been that's been good. That's been good, and it's been consistent. And I I enjoy the people who work who work at the company. They're they're all good, good people. Well, it's it's crazy to think about too, because really, like as as much as we we do complain about the liberal bias or whatever, we we've been able to carve out these niches in having an entertainment career. Yeah, we're in the not only in the one percent of the world is also kind of that way in America too yeah. for us, because we've been able to do something that a lot of people only dream about doing, Yeah, you know, maybe we don't do the most glamorous shit, yeah. but, um, and even so like, there's a magic to it regardless. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I, I question how much of it is going to stay centralized in Los Angeles with so many people leaving. Um, and just in, in, the fact that like I'm working fully remote, you can be any, you can be anywhere. So, um, you know, with all the problems that Los Angeles has is, you know, and with how expensive it is, is, you know, does it stay that, does that stay the po focal point? I, I don't know. I don't know. About that. Well, you really got to look at, um, like even the past 10 or 15 years, uh, 
Atlanta is really starting to rise. Yeah. And Georgia in general, because they, yeah. they film Stranger Things there. Yeah, Walking Dead. Walking all, Dead, all, all, the, Mar- all the Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, um which is which is uh which is which is is, is wild that that they're all like because I mean Marvel, you're you're going all into outer space and all these crazy, you know, different parts of the world and uh it's that's Georgia. Yeah, yeah, it's Georgia. But and of course Tyler Tyler Perry has his his whole studio yeah. down there. Um so yeah, so I mean it's like stuff is moving around we'll and we'll see. And then there's also did you see this movie? There's there's good international work. Um um there's this really good movie I saw last year from India, RRR. No, I haven't seen it's, it. It's it's awesome. It's it's a really really it's like three solid hours long, but it's it's really good. Um, and it's this Indian action movie, and it's got some of the most badass action I've seen in a movie. I've just seen clips like, of like Bollywood action movies on um, on TikTok. Yeah, and it always seems like the most batshit. Insane stuff. It's insane and it's so fun. And then there's always obviously like they have the Bollywood dance number somewhere in it. And it's it's like it's like I love this. This is so good. It's called RRR. It's on Netflix. Highly recommended. Before we uh turned on the microphones today, we were talking about Andor. Yes, yeah. I, I would surprise I'm surprisingly good. I've been sort of a little bit down on Disney because of, of really just like their content, a lot of their content right now feels like it's just auto-generated at a computer. Like Love and Thunder felt felt like an auto-generated script, but Andor, and I, I wonder if it's because they've got Tony Gilroy writing it. It's the first three episodes are solid, and it's the best looking Star Wars product they've done. They've done, I think, since they got the property. Yeah, well, it's a, a spy thriller. It's yeah. espionage. Yeah. Which is right up my alley. Like James Bond is my favorite franti- franchise of all time, uh, so I mean that's right up my alley. So I'll be. I'm, I'm hoping they. I'm hoping they stick the landing because they're. It's got. Like I'm intrigued, and they're keeping the politics mostly out of it, which is nice. So I'm. I'm it's about the story. Yeah, it's about the story, and it's about the characters, and that's the the most important thing. Uh, is the story. Yeah, well, uh, that's why I love The Mandalorian, too. Like, The Mandalorian... Because I was kind of, like, sour on Disney Star Wars shit. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of it. I, I hadn't seen Rogue One. Um, I ended up seeing it after I watched The Mandalorian because yeah. I liked The Mandalorian so much. Because yeah. that first scene in that first episode, it lets you know that, uh, like, he goes and he shoots that door and cuts that dude in half, and I'm yeah, like, oh, shit. It's a, like we're taking this seriously. Yeah. And that's the other, th- other thing that I, I, I'm liking about Andor is that this is, like, this is not a kid. It's not a kid's show at all. He it's shoots a, that guy a, in the head in the first oh, episode. Yeah, yeah like, right, like right off the bat, like he is doing sketchy stuff, and this is about, this is about the dark end of the Star Wars universe, so I'm, I'm hoping they stick with that, and, and I would be... Very happy not to see a single lightsaber in the whole thing. Uh, here's here's what I want to ask you: the that one character that's introduced that goes to visit um, Andor, mm-hmm. that guy. Do you think he's a Jedi? Who? Uh, I'd have to go. I'd have to go watch it. Do you know the character again. I'm talking about? No, the the old, old white guy. Okay, yeah. That shows yeah. up and he's like, "I can get you out of here." 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they're gonna. I'm. I'm gonna say no. Okay. Yeah. I would be. I would be happy if he wasn't, just because, I. There's. I mean, it's such an expansive universe. Like you. I. I like. It'd be nice to see the non-force portions of the world. Yeah. Um, well, it's like sort of like the, the end of Solo when Darth Maul shows up and it's like they had to crack on a lightsaber, didn't they? They yeah. couldn't not do it. Uh, not that I advocate going to watch Solo. It's um, bad. <laughs> I enjoyed Solo. It's I, like I was expecting it to be an utter catastrophe and it is, it's not an utter catastrophe. It's actually like there are some fun elements into it. It's it, There's scenes I like in it. It's just on the whole, it, a, you know, weak tea. Well, I think too uh, solo. It was plagued with a lot of production issues because yeah, I mean they initially had I think it was Lord and Miller were going to direct it, and then they got they, they got, got shit canned, and they brought in Ron Howard. And I, I like Ron Howard, but I, I don't know that like I've never saw Ron Howard directing a, a Star Wars movie. But well, it, what I heard, uh, and I'm starting to get this flood of memories back. The reason they got fired is because they made. Han Solo, uh, they made him like Ace Ventura, they said. I, I Which is a movie, honestly, I would have wanted to see. I, I would love to see the alternate, because I think they were going to do like sort of a meta thing. Like they went on to do Into the Spider-Verse, and the uh, Into the Spider-Verse has has a lot of just sort of meta stuff in it. And I think I think the original plan was for it to have sort of that vibe to it, and that's not what Lucasfilm was looking for. They wanted a more straight straight movie like this is Han Solo he was young and naive and yeah. now we know shit yeah um, something yeah something something like that and um yeah it was like it was it was a thing that happened um Obi-Wan overall was good um Princess Leia was kind of annoying towards the beginning of the show I hate it in movies when they make children like wise and smart like yeah. all-knowing yeah and that's how they made her but uh, the actual content, like Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi, is fucking incredible. He, always, he was the he was the best part of those prequels. I, I mean, honestly love the prequels. I I have a new appreciation for them now that the Disney Disney um, trilogy is out. Um, the prequels have heart. Like they've got George. Like George Lucas's ideas are are really good. He's not particularly great at executing them but um like it there was there was a core there that was that was star wars and he, he was just he had no one there to rein him in and in some in some ways you can look at those three trilogies as sort of different ways of filmmaking you've got the original trilogy which he was young and had this the studio had pull and there was a give and take because and he wasn't directing either yeah he like he because he wasn't George Lucas yet. People could if if he had a bad idea, somebody could say no, George, we're not like that's a bad idea. And so like there was that push and pull, and it ended up in this perfect trilogy. With um, the prequels, um, he didn't like he was George Lucas, so who's going to say no to George Lucas? So it's unfettered creativity. But on the other hand, with with the sequel trilogy, it's pure corporate sludge. Well, uh, I watched this video on YouTube that talks about what George Lucas wanted to do for episodes seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. He had given Disney basically this this treatment yeah. where Darth Maul was going to be the big bad mm-hmm. of 
the sequel trilogy. Yeah. And it was going to be Luke Skywalker versus Darth Maul the whole time. Oh, that'd be And cool. basically, the Empire has fallen apart. Yeah. And Darth Maul is a crime lord, and yeah. he takes over and unites all these different criminal yeah. factions. Because that's, I mean, that's the interesting thing that they didn't go into with the sequel trilogy is what happens when the giant central government falls apart. And because like, because, okay, the emperor is gone, but then you're going to have all of these fact factions jockeying for power, which and, is what a lot of the Mandalorian is. Yeah. And that's, and that's what would have been interesting. That's what would have been the interesting thing to, to look into, but they, what they wanted was they wanted, they want the big bad empire versus the small resistance. And, and that that's not from a logic point where we left off at the end. That's not where they like. That's not the story you you. So they they lost out on a more interesting story. I I think because they <sighs> they wanted to deliver the same but different. Well, that's well. I I saw the Force Awakens in theaters. I didn't see the Last Jedi. I didn't see. Uh, the rise of what was the third one? Rise of Sky. Rise. Uh, I mean, pardon me. The Rise of Skywalker is just a clusterfuck of a movie. I didn't see. I didn't see that either because um, I, I saw The Force Awakens and I was super pumped for it. Yeah, I was so excited. A new Star Wars movie. Um, it looked cool. The tr- the trailer looked great for it. Yeah, having and I wouldn't even say The Force Awakens is a bad movie. It's. The Force Awakens, I think, is what they... The, I mean, it's a lot is made of that it's just a soft remake of A New Hope. I think what they were trying to do is uh, prove that they could make a Star Wars movie that felt like Star Wars after the prequels, which they did basically do, and they, they introduced three characters that were likable, played by actors who were very talented. They just didn't... Bring, like Basically, Ryan Johnson came in in The Last Jedi and just completely derailed the whole thing like there was clearly no plan and he came in and he with the mission of deconstructing star wars and it's like what like really 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 and what they did what they did to luke skywalker is just criminal yeah i mean i i didn't see it so i really can't speak to it but i just had no interest in kind of all the bullshit i i there was things that i liked i felt like John Boyega should have been the focus of the sequel trilogy oh, yeah. and his character and have him be the, the yeah. new like Jedi and the new generation. He yeah. starts off as a stormtrooper, leaves the empire. Yeah. I thought that would have been really compelling. And I liked Kylo Ren as well. Like a lot of people shit on that character and on, um, what's his name? Adam driver. Mm-hmm. Adam driver is a fantastic oh, actor. He's, he's great. But the, I felt like the whole character he was kind of like bratty and broody the same way that Anakin Skywalker yeah. was where he comes from this lineage. And it's like, well, it makes sense. He's yeah. acting this way. Yeah. And like Hayden Christensen, everybody loves to hate on Hayden Christensen. I think Hayden Christensen is awesome as Anakin Skywalker. I like, I think he got, I think he got a, I feel bad. I feel bad because he, I think he got an unnecessary amount of hate. Well, George Lucas, uh, like, uh, I was watching an interview with him about talking about Hayden and the prequel mm-hmm. trilogy and, and his performance, and he said Hayden played it perfectly. Because, mm-hmm. like, Hayden, his whole thing was, like, he was born a slave on this remote desert planet, was told that he was going to bring balance to the Force, became super arrogant, was constantly denied becoming a fucking... Uh, Jedi master yeah. 
So he's going to be a shithead sometimes. And yeah. he had this darkness just brewing in him. Palpatine, of course, saw this and kind of yeah. bred that in him. And it, it's like um, the other thing that I really liked, he said even Hayden's physicality, especially in Revenge of the Sith, the way he walked and how mm-hmm. like the, he got more monotone as the time went on. Uh, I guess uh, what George said was he really studied the way that Darth Vader mm-hmm. um, walked and talked and really tried to yeah. to mimic that. And you you can feel it so much in Obi-Wan because it, mm-hmm. it's Hayden. He's not Darth, always Darth Vader in it because mm-hmm. uh, there was other actors who were in the suit as well. Yeah. But the scenes that are Hayden, you can feel it because like, yeah. it's like, it feels like Anakin Skywalker yeah. walking. In I'm going to have suit. to, I'm going to have to check that one out. I haven't, haven't, haven't watched that one yet. Um, it's worth it, dude, for the final fucking, I'll, I'll say this tiny spoiler or for the final lightsaber battle yeah. between obi-wan and darth vader yeah it's worth it and well it's like one of my favorite moments in revenge of the sith has got to be and this is again like going back to um you know like getting getting the you know the feelings feelings out of an audience i i love the bit where basically anakin is he's told i we're we're asking you, you they want you to spy on them spy on the chancellor and he's like, you're asking me to spy on a friend, on a da da da, da. And, and it's, he says it's not the Jedi way. Yeah, and um, basically, and um, Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan's response is that the Council is asking you, and you can see it in his face. It's just like I really didn't want you to ha-. like. It's it's just all there that I didn't want. This is not a thing I wanted you to have to do, and yeah. I, I I I pushed pushed against it, and so I. They're asking you, but like I'm. A, you know I don't want this for you, yeah. and it's all in that. It's all in that that one that delivery there, and that's where it's like Ewan. Ewan is a great. He's a great actor. Like, dude, you're you're gonna love him um, in the the Obi Wan show. Um, I think if if they they didn't do another season, that would be great because it'll really mm-hmm. put a bow on things. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to more Obi Wan though. Yeah. I don't know what you can really do with Obi Wan now. It, it felt. It felt final, like the arc with, with yeah. Anakin and Darth Vader felt final in that. Yeah. So I don't really know what you could do, but uh, Ewan is a, a fantastic actor. He He's my Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know. I mean, uh, Phantom Menace came out when I was seven years old, I think. Yeah. So that, that was, I mean, I loved Star Wars before that. I loved yeah. the original trilogy before that. But of course, like... Throughout my growing up, going into my teen years, I think Revenge of the Sith came out when I was in eighth grade. I just remember going to the movies every couple of years, and then that Lucasfilm yeah. pops up for the for the trailer, yeah. and I would lose my fucking mind. Because yeah. back then, like, I didn't have access to the the internet the way yeah. that we all do now, so you didn't even know there was a Star Wars movie coming out. Yeah. Well, that's, and this is, I think this is, I think the problem inherent with Disney Star Wars is that back then it was, you did not get a Star Wars movie every year. It was very special. It was every, like it was a big deal for the prequels because it had been like a, over a decade. Um, and then it was every couple of years. And then it was just like you had like a two to three year gap between them. So it was really a special thing when they're cranking them out one a year, then it's just, it's just not special anymore. It's just next product. 
Well, I think what's smart is if they continue to do the shows. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm excited for the uh, the Ahsoka show. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be really cool. I thought she was great in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Ros- Rosario Dawson is awesome. Yeah, and I, I like that they've got her in actual makeup, which is nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what's great, too. Uh, and that is, like, a very much, I think, a Dave Filoni, yeah. John Favreau thing. Yeah. Like, they've really taken anything that they have control over. They've taken... Star Wars back to the root of what it was, the yeah. original feelings. And that's that's one thing about Andor is you can tell they're shooting on sets, they're shooting on locations, um, and there's much less, it, it feels much less green screened than a lot of what's what's kind of been churned out. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, I just, I wonder, I think it's almost smarter for them to for the next like three or four years to just do... Uh, straight up TV shows, yeah, and do all do things like The Mandalorian, and then maybe four or five years from now make a new trilogy, yeah, with I, entirely different characters. Yeah, no, nothing you could have C three PO and R two D two or some shit like. I that. I mean, you've but. got a, you've got a whole you've got a whole universe to explore. Uh, yet you don't always have to fall back on on the Skywalkers. There's 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 room for a lot of things. Uh, you just need to um, they need to trust that um, the audience will accept original characters, which is I think the problem that that's the other problem Hollywood has right now is I don't think they really trust their audience. They just uh, want to do remakes, remakes, yeah, it's just, reboots. It's got to be it's like the like, like I, they did a bunch of announcements uh, at D twenty three of their next uh, of their their lineup, and it's all. You know, live action remake, live action remake, sequel, Marvel product, Star Wars product, and like we're getting like the one thing they announced was a a Mufasa prequel, and it's like what? Um, but why? Uh, how? Like, I like I, I apparently there's gonna is I, it gonna be? I assume it's gonna be a prequel to um, that the quote unquote live action. Lion King that okay. they made a couple of years ago, which was a giant waste of time. Yeah, um, it was just like most of most of these live action remakes. They're just a waste. Of, like I, if you're not going to do something different with it, then 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 what's the what's the point? Like like Beauty and the Beast was basically shot for shot. Um, it had a similar issue with Aladdin. It's just we're doing old thing again. It's just live action. Just, and when it's like at this point with lot when they say live action like apparently Pinocchio the cat and the goldfish are animated so it's like why why like if we're going to animate most of this stuff why are we doing this it's already we already have an animated well, version Disney was innovative doing the animation thing you know what i yeah. mean and now they have this this great legacy and it's almost like well that's what we do we're not yeah. we're not going to do anything new yeah. and it's like Disney if they because where are those creative minds now? Do you think it's just everything gets caught up in the multi, uh, multi billion dollar corporate I th- machine? I think so. I think so. It's just it's a giant, it's a giant international multi billion dollar corporation, and it's I, my guess is they're just they're just focusing on their bottom line. And like, what's like, what's the product that people recognize that will get them to the theaters? And like, sort of, our generation grew up on all of that '90s, sort of the Disney Renaissance era. So it's like, take mine all of that for what it's worth. 
Um, and just like the weird thing is they're picking because there is plenty of, of stuff that you could you could look to to like just for example. And I actually I haven't seen seen this particular movie. Uh, the Black Cauldron uh, was um, my for my understanding a flop with potential. So it's like okay, why don't you why don't you find the stuff that that didn't quite land and grab that, do that. And if you're gonna remake something, like find take make that idea work. Rather than going to the thing, the thing like say Beauty and the Beast that everyone basically uh, feels is perfect, and do it again in a way that we all know will be less perfect, and I think spending an inordinate amount of time trying to answer internet questions, internet gripes about 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 the original animated films, like it was like what they. There's like a bunch of stuff in Beauty and the Beast that's um, there's sort of those internet. I don't know. Well, what about this logical X, Y, and Z that like it was right? I'm trying to pull it, think of a specific, but like explaining why the uh, explaining why the like the household items didn't do more to 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 you know make Beast not a jerk. Um, and it's like we don't. We never. It's an needed, animated film. It's like we it's never. It's an animated children's. Yeah, film. it's like we never. We do, we do. We don't. We don't need every detail of this. Like now, you're just fine. Like, just because the internet asks a question doesn't mean you need to answer it. Like, yeah. Well, what well, here? Here's. Let me ask you this: What would you do? I'll go. My. What? Well, actually, let's start off macro. What would you do to fix? Hollywood and kind of the way that movie, the whole movie system is right now. If you could just wave a wand and fix it. If I could wave a wand, I would chop like these sort of mega multi hundred million dollar movies. I would cut the budgets on those and spread it around to more films, like have more mid budget, mid budget film rather than putting all of your eggs in the one basket because, like, I mean, basically these tent, big tent poles, the Avengers stuff is sucking up all the material. And, yeah, it's just like those, those, those films are eating up to, and, I, and I, I love big tent pole movies, but you're losing out on some good, good, really good content. Of just storytelling. Yeah, of just storytelling. Like, there's this, there's this great movie with um, Helen Mirren and Ryan Reynolds, uh, um, The Woman in Gold. Um, there's, it's a great... It's it's not an expensive movie. It's sort of like a mid-budget sort of um, feel-good drama, and it's a really it's a really good movie. And if if you could get more of those movies, I think you could get a bigger variety of eyeballs. Because also, like when you have that much money invested in in one film, then you're 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 in you're it has it has to do well. Whereas yeah. if if it's spread out, if you have um, a $10 million movie that turns out to be a giant hit. Um, then like you've, you've got a lot of like, you're, you're, there's not as much on, I feel like there's wouldn't be as much on the line and you could take more risks. Um, I just, I would love to see more original content and that's, you know, that's, that's kind of what I would like to see. Well, it's like, uh, I'll give you a, for instance. So, the Joker. Yeah. Small budget movie. Did very well. Did very well. They made a lot of fucking money off yeah. that movie. 
And yes, it had Joaquin Phoenix doing an, an incredible job. Yep. But um, just even taking... Like, I wish DC would do, like, one-shot movies like that. Yeah. Which, which it's like, okay, this is the Joker, but we're mashing it up basically with Taxi Driver and uh, King of Comedy and some yeah. other shit. I, I, wouldn't be surpri- I wouldn't be surprised if, like, have you followed any of the uh, sort of cuts they've been making from the DC slate? Yeah, yeah, like well, they cut like, Batgirl. Yeah, like, it really looks like they're... <laughs> um, um, the new guy is coming in and sort of, you know, hack and slash. And we're re- like, we're completely repurposing this because this is not what's what we're doing now isn't working. So if the tail end of that is more one offs, I think more one offs would serve. I agree that that would serve them better than. Well, they're doing they're another doing. Constantine movie with um, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I, I Keanu Reeves in anything is great. Yeah. Like he's he is just seems like one of the most our most delightful celebrities. We have so few. Yeah. Like the so many of them just turn out to be insufferable jackasses that it's well speaking of like we speak like I have no idea how they're gonna advertise for the Flash movie. Yeah, well that's like, that's a perfect example. I was gonna bring that up to you because like uh I mean it it sounds like a great movie because yeah. you have Michael Keaton as Batman coming yeah, back, you have Ben Affleck in there yeah, as Batman. So it sounds like it's going to be really cool, but Ezra Miller is a piece of shit. He's just a he is a lunatic, and I, how do you like? Because it's one thing. Because I I I would bet my bottom dollar that because they pushed Aquaman two to next year, I would put money on Amber Heard will get cut from that movie and replaced. Um, if they can, if 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 um um if um what to say if Zack Snyder can replace an actor with Tignataro in his army of the dead for the whole movie. They certainly can cut 20 minutes of the Amber uh, Heard of Amber Heard out of that. So I, that, that I think there's a, th- there's a way they can deal with that one. You can't completely cut out the lead of your movie. No. Well, what do you think they're going to do? Cause it's like, I've been reading reports lately that Ezra Miller, he, Miller, he's been going in and talking to them. Mm-hmm. I've been on the fuck Ezra Miller train for a very long yeah. time before anybody else was. Yeah. Cause I saw that video and it floated under the radar because yeah. COVID was happening yeah. of him choking that girl. Yeah. And it's like, if you knew someone who was like that, how yeah. would you treat them and how would you respond to them? Yeah. I would completely disown that person. Yeah. I would like, not fuck with them anymore. And and I guess it would boil down to like when at what point what did what did the studio know and when did they knew, know it? Because if you're that like if you're if you're knee deep into if you're like three quarters of the way through, I mean you're kind of stuck. Well, a lot of the shit too that's come out about him, he's a fucking predator. Yeah, talking to to underage yeah people. You know, I mean there, there's I say underage people because it, it's yeah of how they identify and all that shit, yeah. which is fine. There's no, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But I feel like he, in particular, preys upon yeah, I, upon these children that are like influenced, and no one is fucking saying anything. I don't care if it's like basically the Dark Knight Part Two of comic yeah. book movies. I refuse to go. Yeah, well, it's like spend you don't money. On yeah, it. so you don't want to. You don't want to. Um, um, it's like you don't want to give money to a person like no. that. You don't want them. And I, I would I would imagine his career will be done after like I mean you've they've 
a lot of money in making The Flash, so assuming The Flash has to hit theaters, but after that, I mean, he's going to be uncastable. Yeah. Because, like, you're not, you're not going to cast uh, somebody who's that kind of criminal. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's not the same thing as say, as say like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. who had issues and went to, went to prison and fixed himself and up. I went to rehab yeah. too. There's, I don't, there's not coming back from, from what Ezra Miller has done. No, no. I think uh, he just belongs in a fucking jail cell. Cause I think yep. he's just, he, he's not going to change. Yeah. Like, and basically he's accused people of being transphobic. Like there was this one, one thing of this, this girl who was like, yeah, uh, Ezra Miller came over to my house and he was smoking cigarettes indoors. I asked him not to do it and he called me transphobic. Yeah. Well, that's like, that's sort of like what, like, uh, like when, when the whole Kevin Spacey thing went down. And oh yeah. Like, super Ke- fucked up. And Kevin Spacey was like, I'm was, gay. was like, and, and it's like, what, like how insulting to gay people. Like yeah. if, you're, if you're a gay person, well, you gotta be looking at that. Like we don't own, we, we, we don't take responsibility for well, him. The whole thing that happened just so, people listening know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, someone came out like a, a person who was uh, a kid who was 13, a 13 year old boy at the time. And Kevin Spacey was basically trying to have sex with them, brought him back to Kevin Spacey's apartment. Yeah. And, um, Kevin Spacey released a statement and was like, yeah, I'm gay. And that was the whole thing. Well, then like, cause then what ha- after the thing with that kid came out, it was sort of a, a rolling, it was one of this, like people started coming in out of, and the, a lot the of them work. have died of suicide. Yeah. And like, um, on the guy from, uh, I think it's Anthony Rapp, um, Star Trek discovery came and it's like, like he, he did this to me. So it was this laundry list of men who came out and were like, Kevin Spacey abused me. And yeah, Spacey's it's like he Spacey came out and he basically he basically used it sounded like he was using being he it sounded like being gay was an excuse and it's like that's not that's not no like that's not valid we like, don't give a there, fuck that you're there gay are many, there most gay people don't the vast vast majority of it it's they're not they, they sexual do, predators they don't do that like. And well, that's, he, I, I he just, is a I great felt, actor, though. He is he is a great actor, but <laughs> great actor, terrible person. But I just felt so bad for the gay community. Yeah. It's like he because what a poor representative because because it's, it's just like because they're, they're predominantly good. Like, like, it's, yeah, like I just don't like I would be like if I was gay, I was I'd be pissed. I'd be yeah. pissed like that. Be like that man does not represent me, and it's like the and again, that man does not represent gay people. Dude, you know what's been pissing me off is all of these people who are mourning the death of the queen um, and that yeah. they're American. Okay, <laughs> firstly, yeah. firstly, yeah, we fought the revolution yeah. for a reason. Secondly, yeah. she covered up fucking Prince Andrew being a pedophile. Mm. She's yeah. a shitbag, dude. <laughs> I, I, she has a long, she has, she has a lot, she has a long history. I, I'm like, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a quarter, quarter British. So I have a, like, I have a soft spot for the, for the queen. Um, like I'm, I'm like, there's, 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 there are good things. There are good things that she did. Those things were not, not, not one of them, but uh, didn't they, didn't they, didn't they ask Prince, Prince Andrew after it came out and, yeah, they did, but uh, like the the yeah. FBI went to her and was basically like, "Yo, give us Prince Andrew," and she was like, "Yo, no, I'm not going to do that." Mm-hmm. So it's just shit like that yeah. where 
people are abusing their their power, especially yeah. against something as horrific as that against yeah. children. Yeah, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of what we know about. Like the whole thing, the whole fucking thing with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, it just went away. It's like well, it's like where where uh, we it's like where it's like where where are the lists? We know they're there. Did you ever hear about any weird L.A. shit or any rumors of anything like that when you were out there? No, Did you that, ever that, see anything weird? Yeah, no, that, not uh, that. That I, I, yeah, that that I can't say that I did. Um, Probably because you're not a pedophile. Like, yeah, they I'm, not can a, smell not it a, I'm not you. a not a like I, I not yeah not was 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 not on was never on the plane. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it does not sound appealing. No, but I will will say like there will never the the uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself jokes will never not be funny. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's just like. You look at the vast majority of what was happening at that time, and you could tell even in the media there was like there was a panic, there was a panic going around. Yeah, because um, it's like I absolutely think Bill Clinton and fucking whoever else yeah. was all a part of that, and they were able to to disqualify. So much of that and be just like, oh, QAnon, Donald Trump, all this shit. Yeah. Which it discredited uh, the actual fucking issue yeah. of these people fucking underage kids. On an island On somewhere. an island, yeah. Where, where it's like, because my, my understanding is that there's, I've, I've only have so much, I've only watched, watched or read a little bit about this. My understanding is nobody really knows how he made his money. No, like it's a very like where how did the, how did this creep creepo uh, end up as wealthy as he did and who like again who like who does he what does he know about what people because clearly 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 there was a lot going on there and he knew something yeah so like it's a creepy it's a that is a, it's a creepy and horrifying story well you got to think too okay. So serial killers and people like that, it's not just poor people with low IQs. Yeah. Because basically the average IQ of this serial killer, I can't remember what it was, but if you hear it, you're like, oh, that's yeah. low. And then uh, I read a statistic where it was like, no, that those are serial killers who basically want to get caught. Yeah. Or, or that or, or can't like cover their tracks. But you yeah. got to think these people in power who have the money and the means and the intelligence to do it, like Bill Cosby. Yeah. He got away with it for so long. And you have to think, okay, his, he routinely drugged and raped women. And that was his, his kink. That was his thing. You got to think he slipped something to a girl somewhere along his career. He had like a 40, 50 year run of doing this. Oh Yeah. You got to think, what if one of them had a heart condition and he slipped them something and just that girl disappeared forever, gone. And it's it's the shit like that that people don't really fucking talk about. And I mean, for people, and I I just, uh, this is sort of weird weird tangent. I just, uh, just last week, I just watched uh, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis movie. And of course, there's um, uh, Tom Hanks is playing the colonel who used and abused Elvis. Elvis, yeah, and um, so I was looking, you know, reading a little bit about about the Colonel, and I was reading a little blurb that I guess uh, Tom Hanks did talk to um, 
Priscilla Presley to get a sense of who the colonel was. And she said, it's like, oh, he's a very charming, charming man. And it's like, oh, well, to, to fleece somebody, like, to fleece the amount of people that this guy did, like, you'd have to be. Yeah. You'd have to, because if you were a jerk, people wouldn't go along with you. You'd have to have some, a, a level of being um, a personable person to get people into your, into your web yeah, well, there, there's probably like there there was a lot of names that Jeffrey Epstein ran with, and it's like I don't think all of them were fucking pedophiles. You yeah. know what I mean? I think at a certain point, people probably tapped out once they realized what was it's going like, on. I, we don't want to be around this dude. Yeah, um, but there was. It's like you gotta wonder what was fucking going on because basically there was that little building on the you know you, do you know the famous image I'm talking about the um, little temple building yeah that, that was I'm like not an, familiar with an that one ele- they said it was like an elevator shaft this is like yeah. conspiracy theory shit yeah and there was like a whole underground to that island Jeez. and it's just like you wonder like he he was like a pro- procurer right yeah why would someone like that just stop at 16 year old girls yeah why wouldn't they go down to like eight-year-old kids i mean I'm, why wouldn't you go down to infants why wouldn't you get babies for people to like fucking eat like like i i feel like that shit is all real and it's yeah. happening yeah i mean if you're if you're that if you're that twisted i mean i mean that is like that's you, there are some evil people out there and he was definitely definitely one of them and it's too bad we don't know we don't know more yeah, and we never will. It's yeah. just the, it, like the Las Vegas shooting. Yeah, that, that's another thing mm-hmm. where it just completely got fucking memory hold. Yeah, where it's like no one ever talks about that now. Yeah, where this dude, largest mass shooting in American history, never revealed a motive, never revealed what happened. And uh, by the way, we caught his brother, and he was a uh, he had child porn. Yeah, and it, it, it's just like it leads to more questions than it does answers. Yeah, yeah, and there's just against there's just some things there would against like Epstein. We're never we're never gonna know. Him. No, we're never gonna know. Um, that'll be it, it's. I'm sure there's there's gonna be lots of theories as to what actually happened, but you know, unless unless somebody reveals some actual, you know, again like physical. You know, if they, you know, have the book of names, like, we're not going to know specifics. It's just very clear that he was a terrible, terrible human being. Yeah. Well, you just got to wonder, too, what did he have? Like, yeah. did he have videos of all this shit going down? Because it's like... Oh, he... Like, he... Like, he... Like, he I would... Um, he must. Yeah. Well, there was cameras throughout his mansion yeah. in fucking New York. Yeah. In every room. Did, and this is, again, it's like again weird weird movie topic, uh, like sort of weird connection to a to a movie. Did you, I don't suppose you saw Bad Times at the El Royale? No. What is oh, that? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so it's so good. Oh, you got you got you're gonna have I gotta have you over and watch that watch that movie. It's it's got it's got sort of similar themes where it's in the it takes place in the sixties, I believe. It's got uh, um. John Hamm, Jeff Bridges are in it, and it's this hotel. Oh, shit. It's this hotel. The cast is phenomenally good. Um, um, it's very Tarantino-esque. Drew Goddard directed it, but it's this hotel that's on the line between California and I 
want to say it's half of it's California, half of it's Nevada, and it's these groups of people. And it's sort of in a similar way to um, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It uh, takes place uh, around when the Manson murders happened. So oh, it's shit. Got, okay, It's got cool. some sort of stand-in characters for, for Manson. Um, and it's just about this night of people, like just shit that goes down on this one night at this, at this hotel, hotel that turns out to be a, that turns out to be a pervert hotel. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic film. I can, uh, dude, I love John Hamm. He was great in the fucking Top Gun sequel. Yeah. I like, I am jonesing for that to come out on DVD. It was so good. I actually, I, I Top Gun Maverick. I, I would, I would go so far as to say, I liked it more than the, the first one. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was a beautifully done movie. Well, it was a movie, speaking of movies without agenda, yeah, that had no agenda. Not at all. And like, they keep talking about like, we're fighting the enemy, which I, I love that it wasn't specific. It's just because that wasn't the point. The point was these interpersonal conflicts, you know, going on between the crew that's in training and ultimately, it's about a, um, a a warrior who's now in his 50s, and Tom Cruise plays it as like he's in his 50s. He's not pretending to be 25, and... Um, he knows this is his last run. Yeah, he, yeah, and he's sort of coping coping with his age and that the technology is changing and with um, the demons of his the demons of his past, and I got like mu- like you put the mustache on Miles Teller, he a hundred percent looks like like Goose's Miles kid. Teller was great. Yeah, uh, the guy who played Hangman was great. Yeah. I thought the whole cast the cast was was was, was awesome. Well, you know that the, every single person in that movie was handpicked by Tom Cruise too. Yeah, that's like Tom Cruise. He's 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 wackadoodle, but the man cares about the movies. He knows he how makes. to make a good movie. He know he knows how to make a good movie, and I I, I really hope they stick the landing with um, Mission Impossible Seven and Eight. Uh, and they did release a um, um, a trailer for for um, for for Seven, and it looks it just looks it looks awesome. Um, and they've added Haley 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 Atwell to the cast, which is uh, which I do I do. I'm I'm always down for Haley Atwell being in a she movie. She was in uh, Captain America, right? Yeah, yeah. She, she was, was like Captain America's girlfriend. Yeah, uh, um, um, Peggy Carter. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like the cast is and like Re- Rebecca Ferguson is great, and I I love that they like I love that Ving Rhames has come back for every single one of them, and I think within the last couple movies they've really nailed the team aspect of it. Um, Simon Pegg, awesome. Jeremy Renner's in it too, right? I don't know that Jeremy Renner's come. I, Jeremy Renner has not come back since, because um, like he was in Ghost Protocol and the one after it. He was in Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation. He was not in Fallout, and I, I don't think he. I, to my knowledge, he's not coming back for Seven, which is weird because so many of the other, uh, the other. Basically, everybody is coming back. I mean, this one has got going, go, doing a deep dive back to that first first film, and the guy who played Kittredge in the first one is coming back, which oh, is shit. which is kind of which is kind of fun because uh, that that first one is such a is such a good movie. Yeah, I mean, you know? uh, just Tom Cruise in general, he makes great movies. He yeah, knows I mean, how to make great movies. He is, uh, I think, the the last 
bastion of an era in Hollywood. He's the last real movie star. Yeah. He's the last, the last real movie star who can sell a, who can sell a, he can sell a film. And, and again, he very much, he very clearly knows his craft and he's got a handle on all the, every aspect of, of filmmaking. He, so he, he knows what's going on on his sets. Did you so, ever hear any Tom Cruise's gay rumors when you lived in? Nah, I had, nah. I mean, like that, like, I mean, that's sort of gone back a while. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't hear any specifics. I, I saw one rumor that, I mean, this was on TikTok, so take it with a grain yeah, of salt, uh, yeah. that every year on his birthday, he jumps out of a plane into, like, a forest, mm-hmm. and he has all these guys in, like, get mask, and there's oh, one particular <laughs> one that he has to find, and he wrestles them, <laughs> and then he fucks them. That's uh, uh, certainly something the internet would come up with. I but if Tom Cruise was allegedly, this is all allegedly. If he was allegedly gay, I, I don't know. There's something that I take comfort in with. That's the way Tom Cruise rolls. I, like he does it the way he makes movies. I, I, I mean, I mean, if if it's if it came out that 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 was very definitively true, I it would. Like Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise, I I wouldn't be shocked at taking taking something to that extreme. I just I just I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. What I'm was skeptical. the the craziest like? What were the known secrets when you were living in Hollywood? Did you ever hear about fucking Harvey Weinstein or any of that? I don't shit? know that. I don't know that I was in. I like I don't know that I was in jobs that um, you were just a, just an editor, yeah, just, a lowly just, editor. Just, yeah, I was basement was dweller. Not in the not in the circles where that would be uh, that would be a, a, a stuff I would hear about. We did when I was on American Guns. That was around when the Dark Knight Rises shooting happened in Colorado. I lived in Colorado when that happened. And the of the gun shop that um, um, American Guns was about was in Colorado and like, they're definitely like around the office, which is like, please don't let it turn out that they bought, that he bought the guns at our, at our store. And did he? No, no, no. That's but good. Like there definitely was just like, it's like, please, please God. No. Um, so that was sort of a, at the time that was like, not a good time to be working on American guns. Okay. So I was asking you that question earlier about the macro. This is more micro, but this is still pretty macro. Yeah. What would you do, like, new Star Wars trilogy? Who would you include? What would be the actors you would cast? Dream director, who would you give it to? If you were the head of Lucasfilm. Okay, well... Hmm. I mean, I think I'd have to go from... For, in terms of directing, I feel like you'd either either go based on his track record on on Mandalorian, you'd give the reins to to John Favreau. Um, another, um, also that like Joe and Anthony Russo from the Avengers are also really good. Like they really delivered on big movies, and but made them really tight and focused in character. So like those would be my two choices for directors. Um, oh, can we get Idris Elba in a Star Wars movie? Oh, That'd dude, cool. he would be great as a hero or as a villain. Oh, uh, either, oof, either, 
He could do either one. I mm, that's a good. Oh, that's a good. Well, like the thing he's he's already did did sort of the villain thing with Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Um. So maybe maybe giving him more of a heroic. You know, a, a Jedi. He yeah, would, like, he would like rock a blue lightsaber. Yeah, like I mean, like Idris Elba as a Jedi would be badass. How um, about uh, Michael Fassbender as the as the Sith villain? Yeah, I would I would believe I would believe that I would believe that. Or I, Keanu I, Reeves. Yeah, I th- I think you could get Keanu Reeves. I feel like Fassbender at this point is gonna is probably more interested in just more smaller, more dramatic indie stuff. films. Yeah, yeah. Whereas whereas Idris Elba seems game for any like he just seems like an awesome dude, like he's great in everything that he's in and he's willing to do, um, he's willing to, like he does, does small independent films, but he's also down for like, he's down to be black Superman and in, in Hobbs and Shaw, which is like that. The fast and the furious is just, it's just totally wackadoodle and just popcorn fun. And like, he was down for it. And I think Helen Mirren is sort of in a, in a simple Helen Mirren, you could, you could get into a star Wars, into a star Wars yeah, movie. She would be great. But um, like, cause she's, she does obviously storied actress does does drama really exceptionally well, um, but then also, um, um, like she's willing to be in the Fast and the Furious, which is which is hysterical. Yeah. Like I I I I love I love it when good serious actors are not afraid to be to be silly. Yeah, in big you, popcorn movies. Yeah, like you you. Like the ones with a sense of humor, because that's I think that's a big problem that we have right now uh, in terms of society wide is we've sort of lost a sense of humor and we need we need that back. Yeah. Um, Well, let me ask you this. Okay, Disney comes to you and they say we want you to do a Star Wars TV show. But this is a very controversial property. We want you to do a Jar Jar Binks show. Uh, (laughs) What would you do? Uh, um, would you do an origin story? Would you do Jar Jar Binks? So there was, there was actually, there was a, a podcast I was listening to. This was uh, a month or so ago where I thought there was this hysterical idea. Um, and I would totally do it where the Jar Jar Binks show would be after the empire rises. And like, it's basically, he knows that it's his fault. Like if you go back to, you go back to like who who gives him proposes the emergency powers. It's it was Jar Jar Binks. So now he's this grizzled, depressed, you know, down I'm, on his luck, I'm down like he's living in the gutter, and he has to like he has to find it in himself to make up for having almost single handedly hated across all yeah, hated, of Naboo, hated across hated across the time galaxy for for, for uh, allowing the empire to rise and. It's just like you get in the street with stubble and, you know, it's a, a Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks is sort of redeeming him redemption arc. A Jar Jar Binks redemption arc. You would have to make it a black comedy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like dark, dark, dark comedy. Yeah. There's your type. Jar Jar Binks redemption. Fuck yeah. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Of course. Um, where can people find you at? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at, um, the handle is Cortoberfest, C-O-U-R-T-O-T, Burfest. Um, uh, so that's where you can find me on Instagram. And then, um, my, you can see some of my, uh, 48 hour films on my YouTube channel, which is High Frequency Productions. 
and that's um, frequency spelled F R E E A K, like uh, like I'm a freak. Yeah, Quincy. And um, there's there's not I don't have a ton of videos up on there, but I do have most of uh, most of my uh, 48 hour work, which is uh, um, have a soft spot and learned a little something on each of them. And I have a soft spot in my heart for all of them. And then a lot of crew members put in a lot of a lot of hard work. And uh, you're open to doing music videos. This was something we talked about. There's a lot of musicians who listen to the show. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, Yeah. um, yeah, reach out, reach out to John. Check out the uh, the short film Lost in a Glimpse, yeah, and that that'll, that's going to be up this weekend. Great, yeah, this is going up on Monday, um, and yeah, here is Sasha's eyes from Lost in a Glimpse. Mm-hmm. 